We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys. Justin again. Uh, you know, I've been doing these ads for a couple of weeks now with our new partner, MyBookie, and I think you've probably heard the gist of it if you've been listening. But uh, hey, don't don't uh, ignore this. We have a new code, so in case you're looking on uh, getting on MyBookie to start putting some money down on uh, college football or any other sport, uh, I want you to use this new code, okay? The code is SHARKS100. That's going to get you a 100% match in your deposit if you deposit $100. Uh, even if you don't, still use the code. Uh, it's good for the show, and you'll get some added benefits in there, so don't forget. So in case you don't know, uh, MyBookie's a great site. We use it every week on the show when we do our lines of the week. Uh, I use it personally. It's really fun to get on there. Um, we've talked in the past about all the, the fun prop bets they have on there. It's got a great user interface. It's really easy to use. Um, and, you know, like I've said in past ads, I'm not going to recommend something to you that I wouldn't use myself, and I 100% do use this. Um, and, and the reason is because when you went on my bookie, they pay, uh, it's easy to get your money out. They have in-game betting, live betting, uh, player perks I already mentioned. You can get hundred dollar deposit match if you use our code, but lots of other stuff too. Uh, and Hey, if you play fantasy football like me, I had a terrible week, by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player might get fun stuff like that. So once again, head on over to my bookie, just type it in Google. Uh, sign up, use our promo code SHARKS100, S-H-A-R-K-S, uh, numeral one, numeral zero, zero. It's that easy, guys. Uh, so visit today and uh, claim your free money. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Old Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Uh, my normal co-host, John Stefanczyk, is in Germany. Hope you're listening, John. Hope you're having a great time, man. Enjoy yourself. Happy late birthday. Uh, sitting in, I have a uh, more than capable substitute, someone we've had on the show lots of times in the past, one of my favorite guests, Wes and Dean. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What up, what up? Coming to you Tuesday night live from... Uh... Vicksburg, Mississippi, baby. What up, what up? Uh, it is Tuesday, September 11th. Uh, you never forget. And uh, we're doing the show. Um, we're talking Southern Illinois. And before we before we get too far into it, obviously, uh, anytime you have to talk about one of these non-conference games, like there's actually something to talk about, that would be a bad sign. Uh, and this game definitely falls into that category. Um, a lot to take away from Ole Miss's, what turned out to be uh, a, a wide margin of victory um, maybe if you just looked at the scoreboard and you saw, I'm going to try, I think it was 76 to 41, something like that. You might think, uh, oh, you know, Ole Miss won by five scores. Maybe the SIU scored in garbage time or something. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you know that's not the case. Uh, kind of a big story uh, was how close the game was. SIU was leading at halftime. 
did not get stopped on uh, on offense in the first half. I believe they didn't use their punter until the second half. Uh, just not not great. And I, I know Weston watched the first half, so we'll get into that in one second. Um, obviously, Alabama's coming up on Saturday in Oxford. Uh, I, I think at this point, the narrative for that game is just uh, how how badly is Nick Saban going to choose to beat Ole Miss? Is kind of what everybody's discussing. And after the performance that we saw on Saturday, I think it's fair. I mean, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Basically, this defense is is dead in the water until they prove otherwise. Um, I don't know. Like I said, Wesson, you said you watched the first half of the game. You got any immediate takeaways before we start drilling down here? Uh. <laughs> Uh, as I was discussing earlier, there's a Wesley McGriff meme that's uh, kind of parodies the Nikes, and it says, you know, sacrifice everything, uh, even if it means giving up 600 yards of total offense. So <laughs> To an FCS I, team. I, I mean, it, yeah. this was a record-breaking performance in all the wrong ways. I believe the 38 points was the most given up by an FBS school ever and a half to an FCS school, uh, if I'm remembering the stats correctly. So, I mean, that's that's historic. I mean, Wesley McGriff, he can put that on his resume. He set a he set an FBS record, guys. That's that's something right there. Before we get into it, I just want to say like um, somebody. Well, I know who. Wesley McGriff's son is uh, is biding his time. Apparently, he has some grand strategy. I don't know what to throw it back in all of our faces when the defense miraculously makes a turnaround versus Alabama. I don't know, but he he faved my tweet criticizing Wesley McGriff along with about fifty others. From other old Miss fans, like I just I don't know what his his long plan with that is the long game he's playing there, uh, but hey, if you're listening to the show, uh, I forget his first name, but it's, it says uh, Crime Dog Junior or Crime Dog Two or something <laughs> is his handle. Crime so Dog Two. If Crime That's Dog Two, original. if you're listening to this, if you don't, I'm sure you know if you've listened to the show, but Wilson McGrath's nickname is Crime Dog, so this is Crime Dog Two. Uh, I'm sorry that I pointed out on Twitter that old Miss pays your dad 1.1 million dollars a year to give up, like Wesson says, 600 yards of offense to an FBS school. Uh, but that was just stating facts, man. I mean, you can give me the uh, the acerbic fave all you want. It's not going to change what happened. Uh, and, and something tells me that Wesley McGriff is not going to lead a defensive turnaround that Ole Miss. Maybe I'll eat my words. I would love to. The way things are trending right now, I think Wesley McGriff will be out at Ole Miss before he will turn it around, is, is my professional opinion as an amateur podcast host. I mean, what do you like? That's let's talk about that before we talk about the specific game, Wes. Like, what is the path forward in the immediate future for the defense? I have no idea. We were talking before the show started. There's a lot of rumors out there uh, among Ole Miss fans, and I think a lot of it is is just wishful thinking. But that other people have taken over the play calling duties. You know, John Summerall, who is a uh, much lauded by the fan base. Once again, people just looking for any sort of a band aid, magical fix it solution. Is people talk about how Summerall is going to fix the linebackers. Now, Summerall used to be a DC uh, at other smaller schools. People are saying, oh, Summerall is calling the plays now, which is this hilarious narrative that because SIU only scored three points in the second half, it was a huge turnaround for the defense. If you watch the game, there's a lot more going on than that. The defense didn't necessarily look a lot better. SIU moved the ball a good bit. The defense got some stops. They actually did make them punt. They got a pick six. Uh, Keegan Smith got an interception, the freshman. Uh, there's a scoop and score on a fumble. But by and large, when an FCS team scores 38 in the first half and three in the second half, it's less about scheme and turning around the defense and more about the fact that you probably have three or four times as much depth as them because they're an FCS school. 
Like it's just it's just crazy uh, it's the bad. lengths that Ole Miss fans are going to to try to say no, no, it's not a big deal. This is not a problem at all. Don't worry. I mean, so let's just say that. Yeah. So Summerall's calling the plays now. Let's just let's hypothetically assume this this thing is that really going to make things that much better? There's more than just that going on. Although they are poorly coached, I'm not going to say they aren't. Yeah, I'd say it's about sixty percent talent deficiency and forty percent coaching. Mm. Cause I feel like, dude, I feel like McGriff has no idea half the time what he's doing. It's weird because, like, obviously he knows more I mean, about it than me and you. But I, from my perspective, it does seem like that. Well, well watching the defense play, I mean, the thing is, like, what is it, crazy? Because like we actually were mediocre against Texas Tech, and it was good enough to like win, even though Texas Tech was a, you know, a bad, a, a pretty bad team. But I, I mean, I feel yeah. like that. A couple yeah, things just, about that Texas Tech performance. First of all, their starting quarterback went down earlier yeah, in the game. That's, that's that really throws a wrinkle in your game plan. I also think that Kingsbury is kind of a cocky offensive play caller. Like I'm not sure he really thought. I'm not sure he really scouted Ole Miss's defense that hard and said we're going to do the things they're really bad at. Uh, I think more he just thought, oh, Ole Miss's defense is bad. My offense will be fine against them. Uh, whereas it seemed like SIU had scouted Ole Miss really, really well. Because you remember years past, the way that they were breaking the plays against Ole Miss, it was it was stuff we'd seen before. It was play action, third of the tight end, slow developing plays, uh, a, a lot of a lot of misdirection and getting people's defensive players' eyes in the wrong place. And that has been Ole Miss's kryptonite the last two years. Yeah, because they're not disciplined that, enough. That tight end, that tight end pass. We've seen that for years and years, going back to the freeze era. Um, going back to the Arkansas and uh, no discipline whatsoever. Was like Hunter anytime at the Arkansas tight end that would just roll Ole Miss. Yeah, and uh, the other NFL stud uh, Sprinkle. Right, right, yeah, 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 and, and uh, Vanderbilt would have had a tight end. His name is barely escaping me, but he played for four years there and always tore up Ole Miss. Um, it, it's just the the defense is always over pursuing. They're always biting on every fake. That was something that SIU I thought really game planned for in the first half. And their quarterback, I, I don't, I think he was a senior. Maybe he was actually really good. They have one really good receiver who made Ole Miss look really stupid, especially right before the half. If you remember this lesson, uh, it was kind of a, a Matt Luke special. And I feel a little bad uh, criticizing him for this one because. It's really on some individual players and maybe the defense as a whole for just playing poorly. Yeah, I mean, when you have Diedrich Ben Dukes out there, there's really not Oof. much. I mean, you could be like, you know, an all like all pro like. Steelers, yeah, people uh, are giving Hartsfield a hard time. I've always liked Hartsfield, but I don't know if he he's the best really cover corner. Um, obviously, Webster isn't his former self, uh, and then you lose Jalen Jones for the year. Cornerback is a real position of of peril at this point. Um, but what I was talking about specifically was Luke used some timeouts, uh, brought up like a third and long for them, something like that, with like 30, 40 seconds left. He could have let the half end essentially probably before that. Uh, but he's thinking, let's get the ball back. Maybe there's a minute left. I'm not sure. And uh, they throw down the field. Their, their number one receiver, I forget his name, but he was pretty good, I guess. I mean, who knows how good he was. He was playing against a terrible defense on Saturday. <laughs> um, catches the ball, just completely throws down. I believe it was Hartsfield. Runs away from everybody, just completely broken, ugly play, uh, and scores a touchdown to to put SIU on top to go into the half. And then Ole Miss gets the ball back, and they don't even try to score. It's like, what were all those timeouts for? I mean, it just, it just reminded me of the Egg Bowl last year. Matt Luke stops the clock like two times in a row, and let State get a field goal because of that. Um, it's it's little stuff like that, but at the same time, I think clock management. 
um, in-game coaching is going to be highly scrutinized for Luke because he kind of had some of those slip-ups as the interim. Um, but on the whole, the offense did absolutely fine. We talked about how many points they scored. Uh, that's not the problem. It, it's it's definitely a defensive problem. There's no pass rush either. Oh, the defensive line looks horrible. Like, they, they, there's no. That's the thing. Is like I feel like honestly, you know, maybe some of the linebacker play would be passed like a small by a small margin if you at least had a decent pass rush. Right. But there's no there's no pass rush whatsoever. I mean, like even in the Ed O era, there was pass rush. Oh yeah. Even in the Ogeron era, there was pass rush. I mean, I've, oh my god, it's it's not good. It's and I wonder again, this is a question of scheme versus talent. Um, I have read people saying that sort of McGriff's defensive philosophy. Maybe this is Freddie Roach too. I have no idea, but a lot of what you ask your D lineman to do is occupy blockers so that your linebackers can come in and make plays. Well, that's not uh, going to work for us. A terrible strategy. We don't have any linebackers. Awful linebackers. Uh, <laughs> I will then, say the Jacquez yeah. Jones freshman has played pretty well. I like Jacquez Jones. Him. Yeah, he's going to be the starting middle linebacker all year, I have to assume. I think if Ruggs comes back this weekend and can stay healthy, he'll, he will probably be this week. We'll have two, two true freshmen starting at linebacker. Um, and which I, I think which he'll I like. have uh, I mean, don't Hess, throw Bing Jonathan Dukes. Hess, too. You think so? You don't think he's going to redshirt? I'm not sure if he played yet. He might have already played. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, he'll – like play they'll kind of throw him in intermittently i think i think i was reading the stat line where he played some in the second half uh saturday i like that i would much rather you throw the freshman out there that has potential to be a much better player down the road than you know use somebody like bing dukes um who's just gotten consistently abused at this level um, I mean, Sonogo, I don't, I, I think Sonogo is far from a bust. He's like, yeah, no, I mean, he's been like a Mike Mary. Like, he's, he's a, not, he's like a sophomore. Fastest. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. A, a role for Sonogo for sure. So roll with those young guys on defense. I mean, and I guess just take your lumps, but still, I am not ready to say that it has anything to do with, uh, like, well, it has something to do with, but I'm not ready to say that that's the only problem that you have young guys, you have lack of depth, stuff like that. I, I think, they are poorly coached. They seemed poorly coached in the first half against SIU. Um, and even even the people saying, you know, well, SIU disregarded all their tendencies. They they put some things on film and they came out and did the Ole Miss. Like I said, what I think is some of the Ole Miss's greatest weaknesses on defense. That's fine for the first two touchdowns, right? How are we not getting this corrected before it's 38 points in the first half? Like, yeah, how are and we that not still on falls the sideline with the whiteboard. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. This is a coaching problem. This is a schematic problem. The players are not being coached to do what they should be doing, uh, and, it, and it looks like shit. And it's really, uh, it's really a bad look, especially with Alabama coming to town on Saturday. Maybe Saban's most prolific offense. People are saying, you know, they have a passer at quarterback uh, in Tagalova. He can also run. They have wide receivers. They of course have running backs. At Alabama. Um, so you have to expect there's going to be a lot of points scored. On Saturday, really, the question going into the game is not how many can Alabama score; it's can Ole Miss score? Can this yeah. d- this offense that's been prolific through two weeks against far imperi- far inferior opponents uh, move the ball against Alabama? And we're gonna find out. I think it's it's intriguing. I, I'm excited for this game. Um, it's gonna be one of those games where I think Ole Miss is gonna have a lot of these games this year. Every defensive possession, you're just like, whatever, let them score, whatever. Let's just get the offense back on the field because nothing good is gonna happen when we're on defense. It's not fun to watch. Um, but maybe the offense can score. I don't know. We'll talk about that uh, more in a few minutes. I want to finish talking about the SIU game. There were, like I said, bright spots, especially on offense. I just have to give a shout-out to my man Braylon Sanders, number 13. 
got a great last he had a pretty good game i saw he is sick it's not just having a good game he is sick like in a in a wide receiver core that has gotten a ton of praise he has gone uh pretty much completely under the radar to not all miss fans and through two games he looks he looks like a better to marcus lodge Really, yeah, he, uh, he like. Elijah Moore did really well too. I Elijah's Moore's half. touchdown, his first touchdown was really nice, really nice catch, and then he accelerated away from the DB. I like that a lot. Again, you're playing against FCS defenders, but I'm excited for more in the future. Um, Alex Weber, first career catch, yeah. and it's a freaking <laughs> DK Metcalf around the defender's body type sports center catch. That was sick, and that was thrown by Matty Corral. He did get in the game as he predicted he would, however. Only for the last possession, not quite as early as Ole Miss would have liked to have used him. You know, you had your starters in there deep into the fourth quarter uh, with the way that game was going. Uh, but still, yeah, I'm sure he would have came in if, like, let's say it was like 41 to 10. I think as soon as Ole Miss quarter. got up by 21, they were ready to yeah. put him in. But that didn't yeah. happen until like no. late in the fourth when you had yeah, those two so. defensive scores. Um, but still, I mean, in his limited action, he looked good. I thought it was funny that he uh, he scored his first touchdown by running the ball in. You know, that's that's not what you want, I feel like, your backup quarterback to be doing in garbage time, just like risking his body. But, hey, he's a gamer. He wants the stat. He wants to get that first collegiate touchdown. So I respected it. I'm, I'm already a fan of uh, Matty Ice. Hopefully he'll live up to the nickname. Uh, Matty Nice, really. Hopefully he'll have a, a nice arm. Um yeah, the offensive line next year will be a big question, but I guess it's yeah. a topic for another day. No, but I don't know. I mean, we've got some pretty will. decent like linemen coming in. Well, and... they're recruiting. Yeah, they're recruiting a ton of linemen right now. Um, I think it'll it'll take a downward tick next year. This is one of the best offensive lines uh, we've had at Ole Miss in quite a while across the board. I mean, even if you give Tunsil a slight edge over Greg Little, first of all, Tunsil missed seven games of his of his junior season. Um, yeah. Secondly, even if you give him a slight edge across the board. Uh, they're much better than the people that Tunzel was playing with. Um, I, I really like Rollins at center. Alex Givens is great, not really well at right tackle. Um, and then, of course, you have really experienced guards and Jordan Sims, Javon Patterson, and then Ben Brown making an impact. Um, I, I think he got a concussion, but he has, I think, been cleared to play against Alabama, so that's good. Uh, one thing I noticed here in the game, and I said this to, uh, to a friend of the show, Jacob Threadgill, we were texting during the game, I wonder how many teams on Ole Miss's schedule watched the frequency with which SIU was converting fourth down and thought, hey, why would we punt against these guys? Like, like, when you have a defense this bad, they get you down to third and three or whatever, there's probably a more than 50% chance you're going to convert because they're just so trash. Like, I'm actually worried we're going to see teams going forward on fourth down in unconventional situations because it's, what, 25% more plays you get to run against a terrible defense. Why would you not want to? Uh, so I'm a little worried about that, honestly. Um, looks completely lost. It reminded me of, sadly, some stuff we've seen um, in, in some of the worst defensive performances of the last two years. So, hey, maybe maybe it was all sandbagging. Uh, Crime Dog's the real genius. They're trying to get Alabama in a false sense of security so they can really whip them on Saturday. <laughs> but uh, I find that I hard wish to that believe. were true. <laughs> you know, I really yeah. did see message board posters saying that shit, man. Like, I really saw nah. people saying they played, like, the defensive line played so bad, dot, dot, dot. Almost like they were trying to look bad, dot, dot, dot. Like, dude, you're insane. You're an insane person if you think a coach's plan for the week before Alabama is to be down four at halftime or down eight, however much they were down. And not like every coach in his right mind wants to run vanilla scheme, yes, but you want to get way up, pull the starters, and rest for the big game that's coming up. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard, man. Like, 
get it together. That's just that's <laughs> pathetic. That's all Miss fans for you. Those are Hugh Freeze truthers, I feel like, too. Oh, yeah. Those are the people um, that say, bring back Hugh Freeze, rehire him. He didn't actually do anything wrong, all that stuff. I mean, uh, speaking of which, I, uh, on Twitter, I shared um, with everyone in the old group, RIP, to yeah. our old text group that is splintered and gone in different directions. I, I shared on Twitter with everyone uh, that when Hugh Freeze spoke at the uh, quarterback's club or whatever mm. it was in Little Rock, yeah, I think we, gotta, was... we gotta talk about that. We're pretty much done talking <laughs> SIU, so let's talk. Let's oh, talk dude. freeze a little bit before we move on to reviewing some games around the country that took place. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, Hugh Freeze is a pathetic man. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's your fault, dude. It's like he can't own up to it. No, it's he like, can't. He, can't he blames at all. it on the. He blames it like on the climate. Um, right, he says a few different whatever. things. He says, you know, I wish... Uh, the climate of, like, coaching or something. Or, and yeah, he's talking about Me Too. He he's saying that Me Too is the reason why he hasn't been hired back. But he also says, you know, I wish the administration had stood with me and helped me oh, through this. Oh, they kind of did, like, and now hey, look where we are. Exactly right. And secondly, <laughs> Freeze resigned. Yeah. Like, obviously, yes, they were going to try to fire you with cause for violating your morality clause. But still, you felt bad about it enough at the time that you resigned and turned down your buyout and all of that. So you can't tell me that the admin should have stood with you. You obviously agreed with them. Like you were, all, all that tells me is at some point in his life, Hugh Freeze did indeed feel shame. Not anymore. That's that's long gone. He is shameless as hell right now. Probably running low on funds. Uh, I, I don't, yeah, I, I know. No he's idea. doing all these speaking engagements because I think he's still living in Oxford. Yeah, from what I heard. I mean, he probably already had the house, right? You don't want to be relocated. Maybe downsize. Yeah. Oh, I heard this. Uh, somebody was telling me um, up in Oxford this GC rumor that uh, with a couple years ago when they hired McGriff, uh, Malzahn told Freeze that he shouldn't. He probably shouldn't hire him as defensive coordinator. Yeah, um, just a yikes. rumor. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would it, believe it. I, I mean, it's telling that yes, Auburn wanted to keep McGriff. It was not to coordinate their defense. It's because he can quote-unquote, recruit, read between the lines, what you need recruiters on staff for, like what that really entails. And, yeah, I think Ole Miss needs some of those guys. I think you need a defensive coordinator. This is an X's and O's guy, is a motivator. Uh, and then you hire some dirty-ass linebacker coach, defensive back coach, all that stuff that'll get the dirty work done on the recruiting trail. And I don't think that McGriff, from his prior experience, is some sort of a schematic guy, some sort of a guy that you know coordinates the defense. I think he's maybe more on the motivator side. I'll give him that, sure, maybe, even though the defense did not look motivated. Maybe they'll look a lot better in that category on Saturday against an actual opponent. But I think he's more of the on-the-road guy. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think you know what I'm talking about, Wes, and like what, we, what yeah. these guys do in the recruiting game. Uh, it's, and, and that's what Malzahn was saying to Freeze, if that rumor is true. You know, yes, he's a great asset to have on your staff. He's not someone that should be in charge of calling the defensive plays, getting the getting the defensive players prepared prepared to play. I just don't see that. Um, that is a juicy rumor, Wes. Thank you for sharing it. You always bring the best rumors on the show, so we appreciate that. Also, if I at the end of the season, which you know, even though yeah, people are shellacking Summerall, but one is like most of the talent on that side of the ball sucks. But I mean, he he is actually when I heard he's a pretty good coach. Um, he's probably one of the best linebackers coach we've had in a while because mm. we didn't have a linebackers coach since Tom Allen, which is pretty sad. Um, and that's probably one of the other reasons that we're in the position we're in now. So 
but, you know, if, if I was going to fix the defense, one of the defensive coordinators I'd give a phone call to is the guy up at Army, the D.C. at Army. Yeah, okay. Um, I cannot remember his name. You're gonna have to you'd have to pull it up, but he is um, really really good. Because I think last year and the year before, Army the defense the Army defense like led a bunch of like defensive uh, statistical categories, or they were like up near the top rank, one of the top ranked defenses uh, for like I guess like a small this you know the smaller schools I guess. Uh, but I mean Jay, he, he's pretty Jay impressive. Jay Jay Bateman. Yes, that's it. Okay. I think he was actually uh, I want to. Involved with the Wake Forest, uh, um, okay. With the Wake Forest, remember the Wake Forest stuff like a couple years ago with a, uh, um, I think it was Louisville or something. Like the, one of the Wake Forest guys was like giving away plays, like the radio guy, the Wake Forest. Oh radio yeah, I do remember play. that. But uh, there's nothing on his resume about Wake Forest. But you yeah, well, be, I you think he was right, Army so. was playing like Wake Forest or something, and then like the the oh, radio play by play guy was giving him the plays. Yeah, that's oh, that's <laughs> but, I mean, hilarious. That's, yeah, I know. Yeah, but, do whatever uh, yeah, it takes no, to win. I remember that scandal sure. was so funny. Yeah, that was so funny. Uh, but he's like a seriously like low key. He's like a really good defensive coach. Also, Louisville uh, loves the defensive scandals. coordinator. Just can't yeah, yeah, scandals, that's true. I gotta say. All right, go on. Uh, I say I think the defensive coordinator at Appalachian State. I can't remember if he's a younger guy or not, but he's pretty. He's really good too. With Scott Satterfield, okay. which consider, Scott Satterfield really good these coach. guys along with Summerall when you're replacing McGriff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's crazy is like I can't believe this is kind of a random topic, but I can't believe nobody's hired Scott Satter for like a big time program. Yeah, he's been at for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I think maybe it's because I don't know if he doesn't want to leave, but I feel like if enough money, I think he's an Appalachian State alum, but I can't remember. Uh, but I mean, like, I feel like if the right job came along for him, he'd probably take it for the money. But you know, if they offered him enough, he couldn't turn down. But I mean, I feel like he would have been a really good fit at Tennessee. Um. You know, I just can't believe he was never even on the radar. Yeah. I mean, I know with Norvell's stuff that was going on with him, um, but that uh, nobody wanted to touch him. Because hmm. I think there was like something with uh, some pictures with some cocaine or something going around. Well, I don't know. Right. It was I mean, allegedly. That's what yeah, said allegedly. Like Norvell, yeah. Not that I would know. I wouldn't know anything about those rumors or anything. You know, these are just things yeah. people say. Obviously, we don't know. He's simply a great coach. I, I think I think Norbell will end up somewhere still. I mean, he, he seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, uh, note on the Alabama game. Uh, Tarikius Tisdale, defensive lineman. I think he got a concussion against SIU as well. Kind of a big blow. We talked about how bad the offensive line has looked. He's a big body, strong guy that can get in there and give you some snaps. Uh, if he can't play on Saturday, that's rough. We will talk more yeah. about the Alabama game uh, when we get to the lines of the week and, and preview that a little bit. Um, let's talk about some games that happened on Saturday that weren't against FCS schools. Uh, I think we got three games in note on the docket to discuss. Uh, let's start out with Clemson A&M. Did you watch that game? I did, actually. It was a really good game. It was a really good game. A&M kept it close, huh? Yeah, no, they, uh, they're a lot. I think they're a lot closer than... I originally thought to be in like, a you know, I mean, the I thing is part of fair, that is probably playing up to an opponent at home. Yeah, true. And, and Clemson playing down to their level with the big, with the crowd and all of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you told me A&M won nine games this year, I believe it. I mean, Jimbo's oh, a yeah, good coach and they always recruit. They have crazy facilities and all big fan base. Um, you know, I still don't know if I, I guess, yeah, actually, you know, I'll say Kellamond is pretty good. He's a pretty good quarterback. Um, I'm not sure how much their defense really scares me. Uh, they have a great running back. Um, his name's escaping me right now, but that that's probably the biggest threat when Ole Miss plays them. Uh, I, I do think Ole Miss can probably score on that defense. 
Clemson, I thought, looked good, not great. Exactly. I was going to say that point. I mean, they looked, they looked decent. They didn't, like, yeah, wow I mean, me. They, they, um, they have the horses for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. This could be like a Syracuse situation last year where they fought, they stumbled on the road and there's just a, a momentary setback. But, you know, maybe maybe they're not as good as they have been the last few years. I mean, you got to drop off at some point. I do think they're better when Trevor Lawrence is out there at quarterback. Um, I understand. He's the long-haired guy, right? Yeah, the freshman. Yeah, I understand yeah, okay. playing your your veteran. I think his name is Bryant, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, uh, but I I assume throughout the year they'll try to transition more into the more talented freshman getting the majority of the snaps. But I don't know. Two-headed QBs never really work out that well. It seems like. Nah, I guess we'll find out with Alabama, right? They got Jalen yeah. Hurts and uh, Tua. I'm sure Tua will come in and like score like four touchdowns, and then they'll just pull him out and put in oh, Hurts. Yeah. I can't wait. I don't know. It's either going to be like that, or like it's going to be like 2016, where it's like actually just like a back and forth shootout. It's yeah, like a tennis and, match. you know, and and like I said, we'll do a full preview when we get to the lines. But I kind of I, I think if Ole Miss has a chance, especially a chance to cover the line, uh, it's it's going to be a 2016 a bit, like the line what. I feel like the line's just kind of like Vegas is trying to bait you. Like that uh, that 19. Was it was it 19 or was it, it opened 22? opened the 19.5. I think it's moved to 21.5. I mean, okay. I, I think they're trying to bait people into betting on Bama. Yeah, exactly. That's what, yeah. I, I mean, just, usually, I <laughs> and, and uh, hell, we'll talk about it now. There's a little spiel I've been working up. So usually, whenever people say something is free money, jump on something, yeah, they're right sometimes. A lot of the time, though, that's a sucker bet. Um, exactly. A lot of the time when the line seems too low, it's because Vegas knows what they're doing. They see some matchups they like. I'm not saying this is going to happen, uh, but you know maybe they, they see Ole Miss's receivers versus Alabama's fairly fairly green defensive backfield and linebacking core. Maybe they see some opportunities there. Maybe they like Ole Miss's veteran offensive line to give Tommy more time to throw uh, than a lot of quarterbacks will have versus Alabama. I don't know. I have no idea. But I'm not saying this is going to happen. But if Ole Miss is going to cover – um, I think, like you said, it's going to be like the 2016 game. It's going to be some weird broken plays, some back-and-forth punch. I think Ole Miss has to score early. Uh, you know, they put up two, three touchdowns in the first three or four drives. Uh, and if Ole Miss is going to cover, I think it's something like a 56-38 to 38 final um, where it's competitive in the first half. Alabama pulls away for good in the third quarter. Uh, to me, that score makes a lot of sense. I think 38 would be very impressive for Ole Miss's offense. That would get them some some respect nationally that maybe they haven't picked up playing against two uh, fairly weak defenses so far this season. But I, I think if Ole Miss is going to cover the 21, 56-38, mark it down. Yeah, I mean, that that seems like a pretty decent score. I feel like, too, though, if, if Tommy doesn't throw like very many, like many interceptions, I feel yeah. like we'll make Alabama that's, sweat. That's a factor for sure. We'll, uh, we'll throw it up in like mistakes. maybe Braylon Sanders or mm. – Metcalf AJ, or AJ or somebody AJ Metcalf, are gonna, yeah. they're all gonna like make some pretty incredible I, catches. I believe and, that. Like, I believe that Alabama is gonna put their corners on an island, and I think Ole Miss's wide receivers on an island are super dangerous. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna burn them, and then it's gonna be funny because they're gonna pan over and Saban's gonna be like super angry. Yeah, and this and, like, is yelling and, and, and the thing about uh, all of this is Ole Miss is not going to stop them on defense, from what I've seen. No. Uh, so the the turnovers become super important. Scoring every drive becomes super important. Uh, but on on the other side of the ball, when it's their defense versus Ole Miss's offense, I see some possibilities there. I mean, you look there's back a lot at, of scar tissue too, and there's like a lot of weird kind yeah. of mind games, like yeah. that they know. Oh crap! Like we're gonna have a hard time really defending these guys. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Well, when you look back it's at a- 2015 and 2014, the two years Ole Miss beat Saban. 
you know, Laquan made big plays in one-on-one coverage. Uh, so did Vince Sanders. He, Vince, Vince Sanders, Sanders is probably one of my favorite underrated Ole Miss. Uh, he's probably one of my, Vince Sanders is probably one of my that, favorite that underrated awesome. Ole Miss catching it in the Ole Miss zone, wide receivers, stride, kind of pulling it up off the turf. Well, he made some good catches his whole career, and then he like I guess he I think he tore he well, messed up his knee well, and he was out for Will the rest. Redmond, Will Redmond pushed him out of bounds in the last Egg Bowl. Tore him up real bad. He was gonna go into the draft and maybe even get drafted later round. It's really shitty That's thing right. that happened. Yeah, he got but he was, he was out a of stud, low key stud when he played. Though. I, I enjoyed watching Sanders. him. I think he's a coach now. Um, yeah, but yeah, I see. I see Ole Miss's path to success as being get receivers one on one when they when they load the box to stop Scotty Phillips, and then the offensive line just has to give Jordan Tomu time. But I think if he has time, the DK Metcalf will get open. AJ Brown will get open. Uh, Braylon Sanders will get open. Demarcus Lodge. Um, well, I, I think too with passing it like that, then you can catch Bama off guard and actually get some decent runs. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And Phillips, I mean, I think given the opportunity, Phillips will in space make good plays. I, the, the thing is, too, in 2016, before everything, or 2017, when everything before it in Tuscaloosa before it came unwrapped, like our defense actually made a couple of stops. Right, but you had Shea um, Patterson under center. Oh God! The team did not lay. AJ, AJ Brown was injured. I mean, that sixty-six to three was not was not Ole Miss at full strength even for last season. It was a it was a weird game. And you're in Tuscaloosa. You flip that. You're in Oxford now. Um, you know. Hey, Shea does not do well against good teams. It's true. Let's and this is honestly this is Tom Yu's first real test. Yeah, it really is because the best teams he played last year were LSU for a half and he lost. Uh, A&M, and he lost, and State, and he won after Fitzgerald got hurt, and it was a close game, and yeah, he made some big throws in that game, but he had a bad completion percentage. Uh, this is the this is by far the hardest defense that Tom U has faced, and the hardest one on the schedule. Um, Auburn's probably second. State's probably third, if I'm just going off the top of my head here. Um, right. So it's a big test. It's a big test for him. I think it's a big test for the offensive line, but what I will say is you look back on those wins in 2014 and 2015, from where I'm sitting today, you have a better offensive line across the board, as we established. You have better wide receivers. Because, um, yeah, I love some of those guys that play with Laquan. You know, Cody Core, Quincy Adeboisio. You said Vince Sanders. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think the receivers now are better. Um, yeah, they are. There's a possibility of a better running back, I think, is a small sample size. Uh, but, I mean, Jalen was good, but I really like Scotty Phillips so far. Um, and, and Jordan Tommy is better than, than Bo, Bo, Bo Wallace. Um, that's very very true I, I will so say the, the defense is off. much much worse but yeah, I, it's worse. hard for me to believe they're not going to get in the end zone some on offense i just no, they I, will. I think that's that's being being scared everybody that thinks yeah they're going to score a ton Ole Miss isn't going to score if you look at what's happened uh in three of the last four years let's take out 66 to three and say yeah that was really bad but other it's than that game. Ole Miss has moved the ball and i think this might be the best offense out of that bunch it's uh, it's super interesting, you know. Yeah, and no, I will say the last thing about that the game last year is that Jordan Wilkins, uh, that game he impressed me is how hard he played, which he played hard all season. But that game, he was like the one bright spot. I oh, do. I love. I love Wilkins. Yeah, it's, I didn't just mean Wilkins. Um, you're right. I think Wilkins probably equal or better than Phillips uh, from what we've seen so far. But still, on the whole, I think you should be able to score points. Well, it was so frustrating to me last year. It's like. Shea would freak out whenever they even brought one person, like to like a linebacker safety to blitz. Tommy and it's doesn't like, do that. He he sits in there. Oh yeah, I know. But the thing is, it's like 
there was plays that game where the blitz would come. Even if there was only one guy, Shea would freak out and start trying to like dart around. But like mm-hmm. every single time, he would never see Jordan Wilkins would just be standing there like in the flat. Like his check down would just be was standing there with like nobody yeah, around no. him with 15 yards always, of it. Shea would always ignore the check down. In, in my head, yeah. I'm thinking – that's Shay looking. Dude, okay, I could throw it five yards, or I could just keep it. I'll run for forty yards. Like, there's no reason to do that. Like, Shay's a big play guy, and oof, it's Shay. Shay Patterson can't play within a system. From what I've seen, it's it's not good. Not a good recipe <laughs> well, like, for him. Oh man, so if you give it, dump it off to Wilkins real quick. You you know, there's since there's some they're bringing the blitz. You know, there's no right. That's how you punish you get, like a ten yard gain. It's, yeah. it's the obvious call. Go. It's what good quarterbacks do. Um, I suppose what they should do with Phillips though is like send the send the 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 wide receivers deep and then just run Phillips out in the yeah, flat, yeah, just yeah. throw it to him in space. I like it, and we haven't we do. haven't seen that. I do think that they've been running some more vanilla offensive concepts the first two games, a lot of just post routes and handoffs up the middle and stuff like that. We might see more of the short passing game, uh, like you said, more running back screens. Uh, you know, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm definitely interested to watch. The offense I do think Alabama's the tight defense. ends come out more with uh, yeah Dawson Knox, Knox has barely got any work yeah so that should be interesting um I mean hey maybe Alabama completely completely shuts them down it's like last year's score and we'll get back on here and we'll say well we're we were wrong but as of now I I think the offense will be able to score some we're gonna see we're gonna find out on Saturday a couple more games we want to talk about before we get into the lines of the week um Mississippi State goes on the road at Kansas State. No idea how good the Wildcats are. Uh, probably in a Texas Tech-like category where, you know, mediocre. Um, not to take away from State's win. It's good to go get a road win. Tough place to play, all of that. And it was a crappy opponent. Right. They I'm, go in there and they dismantle them, and they take care of business. I mean, no, right. no, really and that's, no and that's That's good. That's, a, that's an impressive thing about your team. I mean, you can't say that Ole Miss had a good opening game against Texas Tech and then discount a win at Kansas State. Um, I, I do think that they're they're same warts are still very much existing. Uh, you know, Nick Fitzgerald is not a passer. He's he's pretty bad in that department. I mean, he misses wide open guys a lot. Maybe he'll maybe after that first game of the season, after an injury gets behind them, he'll he'll turn that around. It's just hard to believe someone's gonna be that different from what they've done their entire career. Yeah, I think Ole Miss will probably plan that game like they did in twenty seventeen. They'll just have the same kind of game plan. I mean. You know, I mean, they had like I think how many before he went down? Like two, three interceptions off of him. No, I mean, no, like, I think I, I, I think just one, maybe a fumble, maybe a fumble. I, I don't, I think just one because as soon as Thompson came in, I think he threw a That's pick right. on his it first was, drive and they had a fumble later. Yeah, I'm thinking of Thompson, but but, but Fitzgerald, I, I think, uh, did get stopped twice, including one interception before he went down. He went down really early in that game, as far That's as right. I remember. No, I was thinking of that other guy, that backup. But yeah, no, they yeah. were just. Um, I honestly I mean, think, yeah, that I feel like. They're not going to take Fitz out because he's the senior nah. and he's done so much of the program, but Thompson is definitely better suited to run Moorhead's offense. I mean, Thompson beat Louisville in a bowl game last year. Uh, Thompson's had three different coaches. It's it's definitely interesting. Um, I think he's going to be better than Fitz long term. Uh, but, hell, Fitz can run the ball. One problem I see for State uh, is I don't think Fitz has gotten faster. Obviously, I think he's lost maybe a half a step since the injury. You saw him getting tackled from behind against – a Big 12 defense at Kansas State. Not something you'd see very often in the past of Fitzgerald. I mean, he had that breakaway speed. Um, so I, I do think that's going to keep him from achieving the rushing uh, numbers he's gotten in the past. So I, I see problems with that offense. I think they have a really good defensive front. 
I still think yeah, their defensive threat is definitely. I still strength. think they're I mean, pretty bad in pass coverage. If yeah, you they have, are. If they you have are. time to pass, you you can moss those DBs. So. Oh yeah, no, our our wide receivers will get separation pretty quick. Yeah, we'll see like, what happens in Oxford, but I I didn't watch that game and feel like their defense was that well suited to shut Ole Miss down. I mean, you need no injuries up front of the offensive line. Uh, you need to be able to neutralize Sweat and Simmons, but you can pass on those guys. Yeah, I mean, we did a pretty good job for the most part last year and like yeah. neutralizing the defensive line. I mean, there was a couple obviously sacks that I get, but I mean, yeah. yeah, for the most so we'll part, see. it I was mean, like... still still many weeks away before before the Egg Bowl rolls around. Yeah, but always good I mean, it's to keep crazy. Wilkins had rivals. a hundred yard rushing game. Yeah, and yeah. I think he had two touchdowns that game as well. Yeah. I mean, there. Yeah, you gotta you gotta move those two great defensive linemen around, but then after that, you can you can run away from a lot of guys on that defense. Yeah, I think State will probably go nine and three, eight and four this year. More, more. You think uh, you think they're gonna beat Florida and Starkville in two weeks? I honestly think they will. After well, we gotta Florida talk about to we gotta talk about that. I didn't I didn't mention it before the game. We gotta talk about Kentucky breaking the thirty three yeah. year streak or whatever. It beat uh, Florida and Mullen's first year. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, it couldn't. It's kind of funny that that kind of that happened to him. Couldn't just happen that to look. a nicer, nicer douchebag. Yeah, that look of uh, that look of him just on the sideline after that. Uh, I mean, I was, I was happy for Kentucky. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Actually, and I think Kentucky... all streaks have to end at some point. I mean, it's yeah, that's true. I mean, it's thirty-one years. Is that's just crazy. Think about yeah. yeah, since like nineteen eighty-six is the last time they beat him. But I mean, the Kentucky's like for the past couple of years, like Stoops has done a pretty good job recruiting wise. Right. I mean, and Stoops seems like a decent coach. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, like, it's like last couple of years, like they've had pretty good teams, like with that snail, and they've had some other good running backs and players, and it's like right. they just kind of fall because they, they they get in their own way, like this like Kentucky over Kentucky mm-hmm. football, like oh my god, and like you know, well, not being able to put air, away then, Ole Miss last year is a good example of their their exactly in a nutshell. Like Ole Miss wasn't necessarily a good team; they let them hang around, uh, and then DK Metcalf obviously caught a big end zone pass to win the game. Um, well, friend of the podcast, and we were watching that. I was like, we're, we're going to win this right here on this pass, and lo and behold, right. it just it kind of felt, it just kind of felt like I don't know, it was weird. I was like, I feel like Ole Miss is going to win this. We're going to get the ball back yeah. one last time. They were, if you watch the season or whatever, they all they all were saying that they were saying, "What were you thinking?" I said, "They were thinking we're going to throw the ball up to DK. We're going to win the game." You know, and hell, I mean, they are, DK is really good on that on that fade in the end zone, man. I I love Ole Miss's offensive weapons. That's why I'm so excited for Saturday. Uh, not because I think Ole Miss is going to win, but because, like I said, if Ole Miss can break, really, I mean, if, if Ole Miss breaks 28, they're going to get some mad respect for the offense. Uh, yeah, but also Alabama we defense. need to be we need to be Arkansas this year. Yeah, and, we and need what, to be Arkansas. I, I, I think you have to try to take your lumps on defense, try to sh- put your best foot forward on offense, and, and hopefully just stay healthy and, and move forward after this Alabama game. But like I said, I, I, this is a great test. I want to see how good this offense really is. Because through two games, the offense looks it looks really good. Um, yeah. It looks balanced. It looks like like the the best receivers in the country against two games against inferior opponents have lived up to that moniker. So we're gonna see uh, against the best opponent. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited for that. Uh, two with this game coming up this weekend. Even if we play really hard and we lose like kind of in a respectable way, like you were saying earlier, I feel like that's really something you can build on. Yeah, it's a moral um, victory, and I forward. mean the ultimate goal is not to be Bama this season. The ultimate goal is to go seven and five. Um, or yeah, better. well, I think you, seven and five. Now, that's what I was saying too. What the Texas Tech game to win was so important because that's like you know you're that's one kind of 
nice first step to that. And that was, makes that goal that much more achievable. It was super important. Um, I think after the Texas Tech game, something that we weren't counting on was LSU looking pretty good. Coming yeah, into the I, season, we thought LSU was going to be bad. I think after they drubbed Miami, we're kind of back in the probably going to lose that game camp. That that yeah, but that game is so weird. Anyway, I mean, right. I don't know. It's going to be Miss interesting. Uh, Ole Miss plays well in Baton Rouge. Yeah, they always do. Even the really really bad teams, <laughs> like so like we'll, the Jeremiah Masoli. We got that coming up uh, in two weeks, right? Kent State after Bama, and then LSU. I yeah, believe. yeah, in Baton Rouge. But it's we'll it's crazy because like if you can just. I mean, obviously, we didn't stop the run against them last year, but I mean, if you can just modulate the run somewhat, like the Alabama QB this year is extremely pedestrian. Oh, you mean LSU like, QB? He, yes, LSU's quarterback, whatever his name is. Yeah, you said uh, Alabama. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I meant to say it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, LSU's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot what's his name. I, I have uh, to transfer. Joe Burrow. Bosmer. Is that his name? Burrows. Burrows. Yeah, um, yeah. He is so because I looked at the Miami stat line and he only threw like for 133 yards. I don't even know if he had a touchdown pass. Yeah, he threw for 133 yards the whole entire game. Right. I mean that's. Yeah, you're right. That's pretty pedestrian. Pretty yeah. blah. I mean that's like you know kind of like a really boring like you know, 13 to seven NFL game mm-hmm. kind of just like yeah you know well, what I mean. Your quarterback just gets blah. three fantasy points or whatever and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. That was me with Deshaun like, Watson this weekend. Um, now I feel like if we could load the box, maybe you know you put some of the young linebackers in there and just say, "Hey, do whatever you can to throw your bodies against their, mm-hmm. you know, their running back." And well, I, I feel like too, you can start scoring on them, and then they'll, Ed Ogeron's going to get really nervous. Yeah, we're going to see LSU's going to have really good defense as well. So this Alabama game will be a good uh, test of how if, if this defense is gimmicks and only plays against bad teams. I mean, this offense is gimmicks, only plays against bad teams, or else they can show up and play with the best. That's going to be a big determinant. Uh, quickly, before we get to the lines of the week, uh, USC, yeah. Georgia, I don't spend a lot of time on this one. Uh, I guess not yet is what you have to say about South Carolina. I, I don't know. Is it is is Muschamp going to get them there? I don't know. People thought that they were going to be held, you know, able to hold Georgia down and, and really make this a game in Columbia, but not so much. Um. Yeah. Did you watch any of that game? Or A little bit. I was slipping around. <laughs> So I watched the first uh, series, and the first series they went a five wide receiver set. South Carolina yeah. did with no pack, and then he ended up throwing like a pick six. Oh my god! Yeah, that's uh, the opposite Bentley. of how you want to start out in a in a tough game against Georgia. When they first tried it out there and went in the formation, like, oh man, it's a five a five Big wide game receiver. This most champs got this all figured out. Oh no! Yeah, I was like, this is gonna get wild so down in Columbia, dude. but then it it didn't. It did Georgia's not. like well, Georgia, Georgia won by like thirty uh, points something, yeah. The, yeah, I know the money is flowing through that town, like, just... Of course. You know, oh, man, it's like, it's raining green up there. Sounds like, all sounds like College Station. Yeah, just like College Station, that's right. Um. All right, so let's move on to our lines of the week, brought to you by MyBookie. Just a quick reminder, guys, uh, if you missed the ad at the top of the show, we got a new code for you to use, SHARKS100, S-H-A-R-K-S, one zero zero. That's going to get you one hundred one hundred percent deposit match uh, on a deposit of one hundred dollars. Less than that, still go ahead and use it. Like I said in the ad, it's going to get you some some other perks, and it's going to help off the show. We really appreciate that, guys. Uh, we love our listeners, um, and if you want us to keep doing the show in perpetuity, you know we'd love a little uh, little support. I'm loving the uh, the iTunes reviews. The ratings are, are looking great. So hey, if you haven't done it yet, it's not too late. Don't don't hesitate to head on over to iTunes. Look us up. Drop a five star. 
write a nice little note if you want. Make a joke. We love all of that. Uh, moving on to the lines of the week. Uh, I got some Thursday games here. Actually, just one Thursday game and a Friday game. Uh, Boston College versus Wake. I know nothing about this. Boston College favored by 5.5 on Thursday. On Friday, Memphis favored by 27.5 over Georgia State. Again, do not know, but it's always nice to have some some non-Saturday football to watch, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we, we, we got one here. Uh, Tennessee playing UTEP. Right? Ooh, the yawn. Balls minus 30 and a half. I guess <laughs> I guess they they cover that. I have no idea. I, the ten, I don't know. The over uh, under is yeah. forty eight, so they're not expecting UTEP to score very much. I'm looking at that line. How many? Uh, what was the Tennessee scored? Who they play this past weekend? I oh, can't they remember. A ton. Yeah. I'll okay, so maybe that's that's like another crappy opponent that'll just score a ton against UTEP. Let's see. They, yeah, it was fifty nine to three versus Eastern Tennessee, East Tennessee State, ETSU. Uh, yeah, UTEP's traditionally like really bad. They're like one of the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So probably score a lot, and then uh, after that, Florida or Tennessee gets Florida, Georgia, Auburn. The three weeks after that, that is rough. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Yeah, that's not that's not fun for them. <laughs> uh, rolling right along, skipping some of these games uh, versus nobodies, and again, also it's gonna be interesting to see if some uh, some East Coast games don't actually happen this weekend with uh, the hurricane bearing down over there. So. Oh, it's not going to roll through Gainesville again, is it? No, I think it's up like South Carolina way, up north of there. Oh, they're not going to like have to like do the thing what they did with LSU. Uh, no, no, year. I don't think oh, so. Oh, jeez. Um, that, that charade. <laughs> Florida State minus three versus Syracuse. I mean, I, I would be inclined to bet on Syracuse. Florida State went down to the wire with Sanford this past weekend. Yeah, I watched that game. That was Sanford played their freaking guts out, man. That was I thought. That's awesome. Didn't Sam, thought, uh, Sanford was close with somebody last year, right? Do you remember that? Maybe they, they took an SEC team it was deep, A&M. I think. Was it A and M? Yeah. Seem to remember that. Good Something for like that. good for Sanford. They're gonna break through. Um Vanderbilt has the displeasure of having to play Notre Dame this weekend. That sucks for the two and O Vols. Wait, Vanderbilt's playing I I believe at Notre Dame. The, what? that's crazy. Yeah, Notre Dame is getting uh fourteen points on that one, minus fourteen. Dude, what if what if Vandy goes in there and wins? That'd be so awesome. That would be crazy. Um, that would be awesome. I would love that. I would love that for Derek Mason and uh, the Commodores. Um, and my girlfriend Angie. That'd be a great. Yeah. Time. Well, you know, Van- Notre Dame almost lost. I mean, they only won like twenty-four to sixteen against Ball State. So who knows? Yeah, it could happen. Oh, I didn't know that. I guess they were they were still elated over beating uh Shea Patterson. You know. Yeah. Um. Ooh, Southern Miss. Uh, plus sixteen and a half at App State. That's interesting. Oh man. I, I mean, I think. Southern lost this weekend, I think. So apparently Louisiana Monroe has a really good coach that they've had for like two years now, and he's oh. built something really good. And I think he might be one of the next like hot commodities on the market. But I think I think ULM came back and beat Southern last weekend. But, I mean, Southern's with, with uh, Jay Hobson, Vicksburg native. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good coach. I mean, you know, he – he he was at Alcorn before he went to Southern, and he uh, he's an Ole Miss grad too. Right. Um, he actually went. He won two. He had two non-win seasons at Alcorn for the first time in like close to twenty years. Because cool. the last time, yeah, the last time Alcorn won that much was with Steve McNair in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. And after Steve McNair graduated, like Alcorn has been like a two and ten, three and nine team like sure. every year. So maybe um, it could be interesting to see how Southern fares against that with that that big spread. Yeah, maybe they can yeah. cover that. I don't know. I mean, I like I like Appalachian State in that one because I mean, mm-hmm. Appalachian State with Scott Satterfield, they're like one of the premier programs sure. in the yeah. Sun Belt. I mean, 
Uh, got our first big SEC game of the weekend, 2.30 on CBS, I'm assuming. You got Auburn minus nine hosting the LSU Tigers. <laughs> that's a fun matchup. That is a lot of points. I think Auburn covers that. The, the over-under is 44.5, so definitely looking for a defensive slugfest in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I, Auburn should have won last year. Right, they didn't <laughs> like they let LSU come back and win. I think, I think, I think that Auburn one... wins this game at home, but nothing would surprise me on this one. Definitely a game I'm looking forward to. Yeah, they were at Death Valley last year, weren't they? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I want Auburn to win because it gives Ole Miss that much more of a chance to win in Death Valley. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. If 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 LSU loses this start weekend, the, start the Eddie decline because they have a tough game next week too. I think LSU gets a really rough stretch here. Wait, who are they playing after Auburn? I'll tell you. Hold on. Um, after Auburn. Oh, no, I was wrong. They have La Tech, but then they have their schedule goes Auburn, La Tech, Ole Miss, Florida, Georgia, State, Bama, Arkansas. Oh, then they play State late in the year. Yeah. They, they played up, State super early last year, yeah. and they lost him in Starville so bad. I, I feel like if State State's going to be, if State, you know, wins a bunch of their games, I feel like they're going to go in there and Probably. they might go in there and win the, again. The good news for LSU is they get. Uh, Ole Miss, Georgia, State, and Bama all in Death Valley. So that's, I mean, yeah. that's a big advantage, home field advantage for them. Uh, but definitely, you know, watch watch how they do against Auburn this weekend. That's going to inform a lot of uh, what the stretch after La Tech looks like for them. Um, moving right along, I see. Oh, I'm interested in this game, Wes. Uh, Houston minus one at Texas Tech. Um, oh. I'm interested just to see how good Texas Tech is or isn't. Uh, I believe this line opened Texas Tech minus two and a half ish, and it's moved towards Houston, obviously. Um, so I think, I mean, probably a smart bet to bet on the Cougars. But, yeah, uh, if, I would. if Texas Tech comes out and looks good in this game and wins, I think that's uh, that's good news for Ole Miss. That's a uh, that bolsters the, how good that win really was. Yeah, uh, Houston, uh, though Houston's uh, they thumped. Um, yeah, I saw that Arizona. Uh-huh. Which man, golly, man, Rough someone, or someone, yeah. Yeah, he. Had, I guess he inherited. Well, I thought they had a good team last year with uh, what's his face, um, their quarterback that's really good that runs around a lot. But um, uh, Khalil Tate or something. Yes, like that. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, um, but Arkansas only minus seven hosting North Texas. Ooh, I, I, I don't know, man. Right? I, yeah. I, yeah, Seth Trail's a good coach, man. He's a really good coach. That's interesting. Uh, he's kind of gotten overlooked too, uh, mm-hmm. what he's done at North Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, because Arkansas ended up losing the, to the Colorado State. Kind of the battle State. of the 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 Texas or the Dallas coaches here. One got out, yeah. one didn't. You got Chad Morris got out to Arkansas from SMU, and Latrell's still there. Uh, should be interesting. I wonder what their does North Texas play SMU? Probably right. Uh that's what I was going to ask because I know I'm pretty sure North Texas is in Conference USA. But I bet they still with, play. They play. Yeah, on, uh, yeah. I'm sure they do. Oh yeah, they just played with their current coaches uh, to start the season, and North Texas won forty six to twenty three. Is this this is this year's? Yeah. Yeah, no, dude. North Texas, I think they, they so lit okay. Up. Last year, North Texas was the runner up to the Conference USA Championship because they lost in the championship game of CUSA to hmm. uh, so FAU last year with Chad Morris. SMU wins fifty four thirty two over North Texas. I still think this could be a good game. Uh, be, yeah. Keep an eye on that one at 3 p.m. Dude, North Texas is going to come to play just like Colorado State. I, mean, should be I think it's going to be a, yeah. I don't definitely. know if they cover seven, but that's a nice little – that line's probably about right where it should be. 
Uh, we already mentioned Alabama in Oxford. 21.5 points is the line as of this record on Tuesday night. Um, I, I, don't, I think you'd be an insane person to bet on this game, uh, especially to bet on Ole Miss. But at the same time, as already laid out earlier in the show, I think there is a path to a cover for Ole Miss. Um, it's going to require some crazy fluke plays, probably some Alabama turnovers. Uh, just to keep them from scoring every possession. But, you know, it's it's possible. I think Vegas, like we talked about very early on in the show, uh, they don't make mistakes. If there's a line that looks too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, um, exactly. So we're, we're going to see. We're going to see. If, if Watch Ole Miss lose exactly by 21 and Vegas barely gets out of this one, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Georgia hosting Middle Tennessee. Uh, Mizzou at Purdue. Drew Locke should uh, be running around on that one. Uh, South Carolina only favored by 13 and a half over Marshall. Uh, I guess we're worried about a hangover from the Georgia game there. Um, I don't know a ton about Purdue. I'd probably take Mizzou minus seven in that game. I mean, hell, I'd probably take South Carolina minus 13 and a half hosting Marshall. I bet they're going to be pissed off. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't know. With with the Purdue-Mizzou game, I feel like – I mean, I feel like Missouri is like an eight and four – possibly nine and three mm. team even mm. um they actually got a pretty decent team yeah i mean the east other than other than georgia like most of their games are going to be they're going to be able to compete and i mean i bet you they could have a chance to beat florida um, yeah Kentucky's. i mean it seems like this is a good year to beat florida if you're in the east yeah i mean you know i mean i'm not we'll saying see. Maybe, they rally win, but... maybe kentucky is an inflection point for mullen i don't know we'll see um yeah. mississippi state minus 32 and a half hosting lafayette uh, the university of louisiana as like to be called yeah. Um, I lay those points, lay the third, 32 yes. and a half for sure. Lay them, lay them, lay them, lay them. Um, Fitz will score. They will put in Thompson. Thompson will score. Um, Texas A&M minus 27 hosting Monroe. I have no idea if they'll cover that, but they'll win easily. Even like you said, Monroe yeah. is, is, is good against lesser teams. Um, Texas minus three and a half hosting USC. That's an interesting game. Uh, I don't think either team is great necessarily, but Texas being favored in that is a little surprising to me. They are at home. Uh, Ohio State minus 13 at AT&T Stadium versus TCU. I think they cover that. Ohio State has looked good. Um, even without Urban this week, they probably cover that. Uh, oh, no, I, I agree with that. Washington I, I only minus argue. six at Utah. Hmm. I think Washington definitely covers that. Yeah, I know. I feel like Washington will come in there and so, dump them. But feel good knows? about a lot of favorites this week. Um, yeah. Those are the lines of the week on my bookie. Don't forget to check it out. Use our code SHARKS100. Uh, all right, Wes. What else? What else did we forget to talk about this week? What else was on your mind uh, when you were getting ready to record? Uh, you can say nothing. Well, it's you okay. know that um, now we're gonna have to have. I think uh, we should get together uh, for the LSU game. Maybe cook something. I, th- I think I talked to you and Paul and yeah. everybody at the, when we had. We'll that get together. Fun, you know, go somebody maybe to Paul's house or somewhere and like cook a big meal. Yeah, that would be great. And really uh, watch the game, maybe hang out. I don't know. It'll be fun. Yeah, dude. We'll figure great. something out. I don't, but, yeah, uh, I don't, that's, yeah, I'm down. Uh, I mean, obviously, and, and Wes is making it sound like this the only time we talk. We will we will talk about it off the air if we make those plans. That sounds great, man. Um, any other podcast topics, I should say, that we should talk about this week? Uh, well, yeah, just kind of an overall, um, you know, like I said earlier about um, going and at least playing Bama like respectably uh-huh. um, because that's one step closer to going seven and five and possibly somewhere, 
you know, maybe beating A and M like we were not, even though we're not right. probably not supposed to, and like getting somehow find calling our way to like an eight and four. Yeah, which would be a huge um, yeah, one, eight and four for Luke in year two or year one. Really, would be very impressive. Uh, and and with you talked about earlier with the talent that's going to leave after this year on the offensive line at wide receiver. Um, this is a good. You got to strike while the iron's hot, and hopefully build up some momentum going into the signing period. Exactly, uh, I think that's my next seven point. and five is is really good for recruiting. If you were to get to eight and four somehow, far from predicting it, but if you were, uh, you got to think that's going to help with uh, with a lot of these these big fish that they're still in on a little bit. In the yeah, no. Game. Well, the thing is, all these Mississippi prospects that are committed elsewhere right now, yeah, they, they want to um, see they want to see momentum. Exactly. That's that's exactly my point. Because I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. It's like Mississippi is like Ole Miss is hardly ever out of it completely until yeah, the very well, bitter there's, there's end for all the until the early signing day. There's a lot of games to be played. Uh, so to to say Ole Miss is completely out on any of these kids is probably premature, with a couple exceptions. Right now, if we go, if we were like a six and six again, we're done. I, I, yeah, There's if no you're way. six and six, you probably sign about the class you have right now. And, yeah, you know, maybe you throw in one surprise. You know, maybe like a, a Noah Jefferson, he never even showed up at Ole Miss, but you're able to pull him late in the cycle because of his grades and stuff, just to bring that class ranking up. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the that's where we're at. After week two, headed into week three, uh, obviously have a a big test this weekend. But like we talked about earlier, excited to see how the offense plays against that defense. Uh, it's in Oxford, better than the alternative. Um, you know, you'd rather play at home than in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like going into this year that we're gonna, the team's going to play like super hard, and they're actually going to surprise uh, some people, like me included, which you know, winning against Texas Tech the way we did. Surprised me. It's like, okay, yeah. we actually, we're, you know, we're going to get some games enough to like show the recruits, hey, you know, we can build something. We just need your help. I think this weekend is going to show us so much. Um, you're going to, like I said, you're going to see Texas Tech play Houston. That's going to tell us a lot about about the team that Ole Miss beat week one. You're going to see Ole Miss first Alabama. Um, tell us a lot about what you really have on offense and how bad can the defense really be exploited against a great team. Uh, so yeah, I think I think in a week when we talk again. Uh, I'm really going to, I feel like, have a, a better informed view of what the rest of the season might look like. So looking forward to that. Um, and, hey, Weston, thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. You're always a, uh, a trusty companion here on the podcast. Happy to have your insights, your rumors, your uh, your common influence on me. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. I always enjoy coming on the, uh, the, the LAD network, you know. Thanks, buddy. Giving some insights. But, uh, yeah, no, it's going to be a good season, good football season. Hopefully we end strong with a good recruiting class. And uh, if we do that, you know, State's going to be really irately angry. Um, so there's that to look forward to, at least. Yeah, if I mean, our the predictions one, hold somewhat be true. The My favorite thing about this football season is uh, our coach is a genuine guy and not a fake SOB uh, that just actually is, sucks ass. And that's that's really, I think, a big improvement, even, even if Matt Luke never reaches – even close to the pinnacles of the freeze era, it, it just feels better to have a coach that's, uh, you know, not just snake oil salesman, I guess you could say, or a, uh, a televangelist like type personality. Too. Yeah, yeah, I, I like what I've seen. I, I like Luke as a person. You know, in, in time, we may have to decide better off without him. you got to cut ties. But for now, I am I feel good about a lot of where the program is. You know, we have our complaints about well, see McGriff, uh, some other things like that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it could definitely be worse. They're still 2-0 after two weeks, uh, even if that second one was uh, a little shaky. 
Um, and I really thought we were going to lose Jacksonville State style at several points during the game. But they didn't. That's all that matters. And they get a chance to you know, play Alabama when they're 2-0 and, and, and keep moving forward. So look out for that game. It's a night game. Uh, we mentioned there's some games to watch in the afternoon. Uh, Auburn LSU should be a good one. All that stuff. Um, then, yeah, that's about it. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, we have a website. We haven't updated in a while. Uh, you can find our new episodes on armchairallamericans.com. Um, all that good stuff. Follow Armchair Old Miss on Twitter. Help out our uh, our network and our, all those great guys over there. They help us a lot with the show and getting sponsored and all that stuff. And they're great. And, hey, don't forget my bookie, Sharks 100. That's the last time I'll say it on this episode. Don't worry. You'll hear it again next episode. Uh, but, again, Wes, thanks you, thank you, man. Uh, for Justin, I'm Weston. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Baby, can you move around the rhythm so we can't get with and turn around and get us a rock and roll round? What's it down, down, body, body coming with the super hottie? Let's go, let's go, hell no. Baby, can you move around the rhythm? Cause you know we're living in the last day. Speed up, it ain't no game. Just turn up all the beams when I come up on the best scene. Sound is ringing. They don't know what they're missing. Legs and good time to lay low. Your knees are bending, so it's time to get up and let go.